Hey there, on this 11-21-2021, it's EDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you connected to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. Well, good morning, good morning to everyone this morning. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, hallelujah. Good morning, hallelujah, glory to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, most gracious, eternal Father, our God, we just honor you this morning, we just praise you, most high and living God, we just give you praise and glory, we honor you, Lord God, for who you are and what you are. We're glad that we are able to say that we are amongst the land of the living. We are happy to be in your presence, to be one of your, all one of your children and your kingdom citizens. And God, we come this morning, Lord God, with a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude for all that you've done, all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. You're such a great God and you're greatly to be praised. And we honor you, Lord God. And God, as we come this morning, as we join our faith together, as we stand in the gap, as we intercede this morning, we pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, Lord God, that you will stretch us beyond our limitations and give us what we need. Father, as we come this morning, we thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you for giving us not only eternal life, after we leave this earth, after we finish our assignment here, but we thank you, Lord, for giving us what we need while we're on this side of heaven. Thank you for equipping us with your spirit and your anointing and your Holy Spirit. Thank you for never leaving us nor forsaking us, always being with us. And Father, we pray now that if there's anything in our lives, Lord, that is, is not conducive to our relationship with you. We ask you for forgiveness. We ask you to cleanse us. And Lord God, that we might be in right standing before you as we come this morning to receive of you. We prepare our hearts and our minds now. And we, Lord, we cast off everything that is not of you. And we lay it at your feet. We lay our burdens at your feet. We lay our cares at your feet. Father, we lay our concerns at your feet. Lord God, because you said we could uh, put on your yoke, your, your yoke is easy and it's light, Lord. And, and Father, that's what we do this morning. And as we come this morning, we ask you, Lord God, to look over us as we prepare our hearts, Lord. And as we are on this line this morning, and I pray, Lord God, for everyone that's on this line this morning. I pray, Lord God, that they are well, that they are healthy, Lord God, that they are in their right mind, Father. We pray, Lord God, of of anything, any sickness, and anything that's trying to uh, to uh, trespass and trying to make us feel bad and got us aching and any kind of way father we ask you to touch us now like only you can from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet father we pray lord god that anything any sickness or disease lord god we just pray god that you will touch us and heal us in jesus name father we pray lord god that you will now you, you touch us from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet 
And we command these bodies to operate in the perfection that you created, the function. We pray strength on these bodies right now in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would touch and do what medicine can't do. God, you come in, Lord God, and, 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 and give us the morning dew, Lord God, and cause us to to strengthen up and lift our arms to you and praise you with glory and honor just to know that you touched us right now. Father, they, Mama used to say, God, you woke us up this morning. You touched us with that finger of love. And we thank you for your hand touch that is touching each and every one of us right now. Father, I pray especially for Mom Bell, Lord God. I pray, God, that you will heal her body. I pray, Lord God, that your 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 presence will rest upon her right now. I pray, Lord God, whatever the condition is, we pray, Lord God, that you go to the root of it. Thank you, Jesus. We pray, God, that you will go to the root of it. And, God, you will call healing to take place in this woman's body right now. We command it to be so. God, God, we pray a miracle, Lord God. Lord God, allow her to say in a few minutes, Lord, I don't know what happened, but I feel much better. And we would know it was nobody but you. We would know it's your hand touch that did it, Lord God. And we thank you for it right now. We thank you for it right now. We thank you for it right now. We believe it and we trust you, Lord God. We trust you because you said you was wounded for our transgressions. You was bruised for our iniquity and the chastisement of your peace was upon him. And because of that, by your stripes, we are healed. And God, we walk in that divine healing. We walk in that, 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 that authority that you have given to us as believers. And we thank you for it and we declare it to be so in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for all that you've done in all of our lives. We thank you, Lord God. It may be uh, something going, uh, happening and, and, and trying to attack mama bell body, Lord God. It might be somebody else's mind. It might be somebody else's family. Somebody might have a sick one, Lord God, and, and a loved one that is sick, Lord God. Who, whatever, Lord God, we pray, God, that you will move by your power. Lord God, touch the things that are deepest to our hearts. Father, there are people, Lord God, that, that that don't even know who you are, Lord God. And we pray, God, that you would just touch them, Lord God, and cause them to call out to your name. We pray right now, Lord God, that this will be the day of salvation for them, that they will own up to who you are. They will look to you as the author and the finisher of their faith, Lord God. And, Father, we just pray, God, for a great turnaround in their heart and their mind. And, Lord God, that they will look and they will acknowledge you and they will not be ashamed to tell the world about who you are and who you are to them and God they will recognize that it was through you that brought them through through many dangerous toils and snares God and Lord God we pray God that their faith Lord God will be rejuvenated even that of a young child when they were taken to church Lord we pray Lord God that you would just renew that strength and restore that joy and Lord God and we come against the guilt of the past of, of holding on to the things that that, that that they feel that they've done wrong and, and cause problems Lord we pray God that they will be able to release their mind of it and, re, and receive you for who you are 
And God, I even pray for that for people that are listening this morning, listening next week, listening this afternoon. Lord God, things of their past that are haunting them. Father, we pray, God, you don't give us that spirit, but you give us a spirit of peace and joy and of a sound mind. And Father, we pray that in Jesus' name, Lord God, and we love you. We lift up our loved ones. We lift up our brothers and our sisters. We lift up our cousins and nieces and nephews and children and grandchildren, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, only blessings upon their life, Lord. We pray that good success upon them, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for not only dealing with them for salvation, but, Father, we, we pray, God, that their well-being will be taken care of, Lord God, that they will get good jobs, Lord God, that they will have uh, homes to live in and to take care of their families. We pray, God, that their homes are surrounded by angels. I said your, their homes are surrounded by angels. Matter of fact, all of our homes surrounded by angels. You said that you would give us angels charge over us, Lord God, and, and we thank you for the angels that you have given us that to keep us in all our ways. We thank you, Lord God, for thank angels you, watching over our homes and our cars, Lord God. The prices are, are going out of the roof. But Father, we thank you, Lord God, for, for angels watching over us and, and allowing us to have a stretcher meal and to stretch a dollar, Lord God, and to be able to pay the bills that we, we need to pay. That's nobody but you, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, for it. And, and we just thank you this morning for who you are and what you're doing and in us and with us. And we thank you because whatever you started in our lives, you're going to watch over it till it's complete, Lord God. We are not going to leave this earth, Lord God, until you finish the work that you have called us to do. God, you called us to do a great work, Lord God. There's a, great, there's a lot of stuff that's going on around us, but God, we thank you for calling us by name and choosing us. God, it was no mistake that we picked up the phone this morning and called in to, to be inspired by your word, to be inspired by prayer, to be encouraged in our hearts, Lord God, that our spirits may be lifted. And it's, it's no mistake. So we, we, we glorify you and we thank you for that, Lord God. And we give your name the praise and all of the glory. It belongs to you because you are our God. You are our God. We declare with our lips and with our hearts. And Father, we thank you. We declare it to be so according to your power, according to who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Lord. At this time, I know for sure that there are things that's on your heart and things that I know I didn't cover this morning, but it's on your heart. And, and you have a burden for something this morning. You want to tell the Lord about it. One thing, all of us can talk to the Lord at the same time, and he can hear us at the same time. And he knows. He knows our voice. He knows our tone. He he know all about us, but he said, he, he declared to us, he said, bring it to me and I will carry it. And so that's what we can utilize this time now for all of us to take the time and talk, just talk to the Lord and, 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 and let's, let's, let's give him our heart, whatever it is. It may be big to somebody and small to somebody else, but the Lord knows and he wants to hear it from you. Come on, let's pray. Let's go to the Lord in prayer now.
put your coffee in a safe place because it ain't no telling what may happen during the course of this service. And so we just want to give you a fair warning that I'm telling you the best is yet to come. And so we just 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 implore upon you, just get ready to receive of the Lord. Well, good morning, Brother Dennis. How are you, sir? Good morning. Good morning. I'm doing fine, Pastor Boo. Thank you. Great. As always, thank you for your prayer. And, uh, uh, you know, we wish you and uh, your family a a good holiday coming up. And uh, may God bless you during this time. Amen. Thank you, sir. Same to you. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sun's, sun's getting ready to pop through the uh, horizon and uh, warm, warm up the, the ground and the air, you know. Uh, uh, and uh, for hopefully you have uh, a little bit of uh, heat inside your house, or or just enough to take the chill out, and that's uh, it's always good. Anyway, as we uh, approach uh, a different time of year, a different season, you know, we get ready uh, this week to maybe to have a little uh, time of uh, Thanksgiving and, uh, and uh, remembrance, like Pastor Booth uh, said. Uh, and it's it's always great, uh, you know. Hopefully, you'll have a chance to to be with family or or connect with family uh, electronically or or uh, just uh, maybe just uh, through prayer, you know. But uh, take this time just to think about, you know, what what you have uh, on your plate, what you've done this past year, and uh, what you may be thankful for. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, I, I go through my routines and, and try to figure out or, or come up with something to uh, be short and sweet uh, Bible verse that uh, means something uh, not only to myself but hopefully to y'all out there that uh, you know you may remember and may give you cause to, to smile or maybe cause to think you know in uh, this week uh, being that Thanksgiving's come up I, I, I thought about a, a a character in the Bible in the Old Testament. I will call him a character because he certainly was one. And uh, uh, I, I had a tendency to, to laugh at him because, uh, you know, he uh, he decided that his, his plan was better than God's plan. And we all know how that works out, right? So so uh, you know, he wanted to go his own way. And uh, God said, no, you're not going to do that. I, I, I got a purpose for you. You're going you're gonna to fulfill it. And... Uh, you know, and that fellow was Jonah, and you know what happened to Jonah, right? He got on the boat and all of a sudden had problems, and uh, they threw him overboard, and he decided to take a ride inside of a big fish, and he got, he ended up going where he didn't want to go. Yeah, but uh, think about, uh, you know, how God transfers, transported him into you know, the life that uh, God wanted him to do, and, and God had him do miraculous things for God. And uh, But the whole thing is, you know, uh, he was uh, adamant about what he didn't want to do, but in the long run, in the bottom line, was that he did do what God wanted him to do. And the main thing is that I, I clean out of that or get out of that is um, in, in the book of Jonah, which is in the Old Testament, in, um, in chapter 2, verse 9, you know, Jonah kind of uh, just uh, 
said something a little different. He said, but I will, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have. Found a, uh, we're sacrificed to you what I have found. I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. Okay. So he, he, he didn't want to do what God wanted him to do. But in the end, he's still praising God. You know, is that what we do? We we run into a wall and because God tells us we want you know, you need to go to your neighbor, you need to talk to your kids, you need to pray for your family. And you go, I don't want to I've been praying for them for years and years and their lives hasn't changed. But God tells us we should what? Not give up. Continuously pray. And and things will things will turn around in their lives. We may not see it. See, that's something we have to think about. We may not see the change in their life, you know, but one day they may change. You know, God's will for them is a lot different than what our will is for them. And, and it may take something to, to cause them to change after we're gone, you know, after we're not in their lives anymore. But, you know, God knows what the plan is. But God tells us not to give up, always to pray. Pray well, continuously, not just today or tomorrow, but all the time. You know, and and that's the way with Jonah. You know, he didn't want to go to Nineveh. He said those people are crazy. I don't want to go over there. But God says, yeah, you're going to go there, and you're going to tell them about what the salvation that I have to offer them, that what I have to give to them. You know, how they should, you know, trust in me and believe what I have told them in the past, what they know about. But they're not listening to. You know, maybe that's you. Maybe that's me. You know, God tells me a lot of stuff. I listen to him all the time. I'd like to say, yes, amen, I do. But we all know that's not 100% true, at least in my life. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying. And hopefully that's what you're doing. We're trying. We're trying to live the life that God wants us to live. And as we come up on this day of, of uh, Thanksgiving, when we sit down and we thank God for what he has done for us and what he's done for our nation. You know, we're, we don't always agree with things that are going on, but think about what we do have and that we are able to what? Praise God, worship God, and to tell people about who Jesus is. We live in a country where we could do that without being ashamed of that. We're, we live in a country where we don't have to go in back alleys and, and give people Bibles. We can stand on the street and, and give them bodies without worrying about the government or, or what people will say. You know, so we can profess, we can proclaim God wherever we go. And I thank that we live in a country like that. I thank God that we live in a country that we're free and that we have control over who we are and what we are. We're not dictated what we should do, but. You know, we have a free country, free country, and God gives us that opportunity to proclaim Him, to thank Him, to praise Him, and that's what we should do this week. Praise Him for what He's done for you. Thank Him for what He's done for you. But most of all, remember, remember what He has done for you. It's not only today, not only on the special Thanksgiving Day, but as we get enter the season of 
of Christmas, you know, think about it. Think about the great, the great miracle that happened. So, great miracle of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. I want to ask you a question very briefly. Wednesday or Thursday morning, what time you want to come join me? Wednesday is what I want to do. Is, is that Wednesday. what you ask? Yes. What day you want to join me? Wednesday or Thursday? I prefer Wednesday. You prefer Wednesday. <laughs> Everybody else agree with her or disagree with you? You know, either day, Wednesday. Wednesdays too. Brother Janice. Um. Uh, actually, it doesn't really matter. I'm used to Wednesday. Maybe that's the, the thing. Yeah, and the ladies probably okay. have a lot to do on Thursday morning. Getting ready to be here, it takes a lot. So anyway, Wednesday, Wednesday it is. Wednesday. I'll see you Wednesday morning. And we'll have our, our our time together. We'll have our Thanksgiving with the Lord on Wednesday. That works out for everybody. Mama Bell, I ain't going to ask you how you doing. I know you're doing good. I'm just great. I've never felt great in my whole hey, I'm sorry. I felt that. Never. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Elizabeth's prayers and everything. Thank you. Now go over there and hit that piano like you in Carnegie Hall. Okay. You ready? I am. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. All right, Bengals, do your stuff. Ah.
My Heavenly Father watches over me. Thank you. And you sound better. Amen, amen. You sound better. You feel better. You look better. That's what happens when you come to a sanctified city. Ain't that so? Send money. All right. You had a drummer. We might have shout music in a minute. Okay. I want to do something if I can. I got saved last night. It's all Pastor Booth's fault. Mm. I got saved last night to the point that I picked up the King James Version of the Bible. And and I figured I'm going to do to other folks what they done done to me. Everybody stole my messages for years. I'm going to steal somebody else's. But not necessarily from the point of stealing, but from the point of I heard it and it, and it made sense to me. And I just had to look at it a little bit harder. Now, I could sit here and tell you where I'm going to go and read the scriptures to you, and I really don't like to do that, at least not today. Because in some parts there was a preacher who did a funeral a couple of days ago who told me that it was all right not to go from text to talk. So I'm just going to talk. And point you in the direction of the text. Over there in Samuel, first edition of Samuel, chapter 7, verse 12, you get a one word. And then in the second installment of Timothy, no, excuse me, I'm lying to you. The first installment of Timothy, chapter 4. And let me make sure I got that right here. I don't want to lie to you twice. Uh Uh-huh, what is it? Second installment of Timothy, chapter 4, verse 8. You get the second word. In the first installment of Samuel, chapter number 7, you get the word hitherto. In the first installment of Timothy, you get the word henceforth. So if I can give you a text this morning or a subject, it would be, uh, I've got two words for you. I've got two words for you. Now, kind Father, we thank you for this opportunity to, to come to therapy. I still say it's therapy because it's an opportunity for us to renew ourselves. Just as some of us spend our time once a week, if not twice, sitting on the proverbial couch of life, expressing our problems to the person with the yellow legal pad and pen, for $100 cheaper, dear Father, an hour we can come and talk to you and get the same, if not better, quality service. We thank you as we, your spiritual jurors, take this opportunity again to 
to hear your case and know that it will justly speak to our souls. And, and after it's over, after your case has been delivered, the opening and the concluding arguments have been shared, we hope that we, without shadow of a doubt, will see what it is that you are saying to us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. 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 Ma, you, my bell sounds so pretty. I feel good. Just, to, I tell you, if I was in a Pentecostal church, we'd shout the rest of the day. I had to be in a Pentecostal church. I can shout right now. Yeah, I got something to talk about. You're going to sit down in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> you look at First Samuel, and you hear of something that is very unique. As I said, there's two words. One is in the Old Testament, and the other one is in the New Testament. To me, that is significant because it speaks to the changing of the God. There is a transition between the first point and the second. The first point, hitherto, speaks of to this point. It talks about of the times and the opportunities and the uh, various places that God is good. Basically, Brother Samuel has an old-fashioned testimony service. He sits down and he talks to the people and he explains to them. He shares with them what has happened over the course of time. He goes back, at least in my mind, I was not there, even though some people think I'm old as dirt. But he can go all the way back to the beginning of time and he spoke about in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve was walking and they had dominion, they had the power to do whatever they chose. They only had one request, do not eat of the tree of knowledge, of life. Satan came down and confused them, got up in their brains, tried to manipulate and change the narrative, if you will. He spoke to them, got them all discombobulated. Samuel speaks of that moment in, in this point when he says, hey, you remember that time when you felt disconfused? And I said that word right. I make words up right here, 7,000 variations of the English language. This is mine. You feel all confused, disoriented. That's what I wanted to say, but I'm going to tell you what I said first is what I meant to say. Disoriented, dysfunctioned. And even in your time of disorientation and dysfunction, there was the Lord. He came in and he came to search for you knowing that you had messed up, knowing that there was problems, knowing that the enemy had got to you. God is omnipresent. He knows everything. He goes, he can do more than the devil can do. If the devil can go to and fro, God just sits in one chair and he got one eye looking that way and another eye looking another way. He knew what happened to Adam and Eve, but yet despite his knowledge of it, he still came down to to talk to him. Adam, Adam, where are you? Adam said, well, I'm over here hiding behind this tree. Why are you hiding for? 
Well, because I'm naked. Who told you that? Who told you you had limitations? Who told you you had problems? Who told you you wasn't perfect? Who told you you could not do your job? Who told you you could not read? Who told you you could not write? Who told you you would never be anybody? These are the questions that God came down and asked Adam and Samuel. It's spending this time testing me. You remember when God came down and asked you why you let that stuff get in your brain? Why you fed yourself with all those crazy ideas? Why you sat there and rubbed your head until it got sores on it because you kept thinking about stuff that all you had to do was get up and change the channel, but you just sat there and just kept testing and testing and testing and testing until you got mad and mad and mad, and then you got sores bleeding out the top of your head. Why did you sit there and do that? But even after you did that, God came down as you started to feel your blood pressure rising and your blood boiling. He came down even as you started shaking because you were just so angry. He came down and whispered in your ear and calmed you right back on down. You remember that? Oh, then there was the other time that we had our struggle because Cain had a problem with Abel. There was the first sibling, the first civil war, if you will, and, and that ended in Cain uh, de- demolishing, or should I say, uh, ridding the earth of his brother. And even in that, God came down. Then Abraham had his problem when he was told that he was going to be the father of many nations. But you see, he was in a certain part of his life. He was a little bit old. He walked up to Sarah, who was some of y'all age, can you imagine if somebody came up to you and said, you're going to have a baby at this age in life? <laughs> Some of y'all ain't want a husband. You're going to ask for a baby too? <laughs> uh-huh. I try to find some of y'all a nice companion. Y'all go out and share Coca-Cola and have a, a nice little ice cream sundae. Y'all cussing me about that. I wish God would come tell you going to get birth again. Uh-huh, I'd had two, three, four crumb snatches. I ain't, I ain't raised there, let one of them. I ain't do it. See, 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 Sarah, most time we look at Sarah, we look at her. That's why I say don't be so heavenly and mighty. Lord, the good. Sometimes you got to take the text and put it into real life because, see, if God, you know it, let's be honest with ourselves. If God came down and told some of y'all that y'all going to have a baby, y'all take a cuss. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, yes. As my grandmama said, y'all learn how to make sentences out of it. Y'all put compound sentences in there. Y'all y'all put hyphenated in between the cussing words. Y'all take words and put them together. Folks, the young folks will look at you like, I ain't know you can cuss like that, boy. I ain't been saved all my life. You better sit down and shut up. <laughs> so Abraham had his problem. His wife was feeling some type of way because uh, somebody else was making decisions. It was the first, if you can, situation where the woman had to sit down and shut up and let the man tell her what was going to happen with her body. Sarah had to be feeling some type of way. And then Abraham, warning his position, warning his promise, but realizing that his promise was taking time, Sarah was not getting pregnant. The situation had not happened. It had not come. God had come down and said that this was going to happen, but it still had not produced yet. And so Sarah got a wise idea. 
She was a wise woman, was Sarah. Got a good idea. Told Abraham to go and lay with her servant. And then God had to come down and clean up the mess. And that's where you get the Iranians versus the Israelites. That's where the war started because a baby was born that was not supposed to be in the plan. But even in that, God came down and he was there. Then you go on down the road when you have Moses. Moses, and he's out there trying to deliver the people out of Israel. Take 3,000, excuse me, that's not, that's not even, that's pittance. Takes 3 million Negroes. You ever tried to move three black people? Three of them. <laughs> you ever tried to pick three black folks out of their situation? Try to pick three black folks out of poverty. Try to pick three black folks out of desperate, out of depression. Try to pick three black folks out of their feelings and their hurts and their pains and their frustrations. I just asked if you ever tried to pick up three. This brother had to pick up three million. Jesus, no mercy. And move them from one side of the world to move them from pain to prosperity, move them from projects to purpose. He had to do that, Moses did, and despite all of the obstacles that was in him, all of the problems that he had to face, he had to fight the Negroes who didn't believe that nothing could happen for him, even though they had prayed and had believed God. And God, you come down and you're going to heal me. And then when God came down with the healing, they got to, oh, oh okay, see, 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 church folks understand what I'm trying to say here, because you've been there. We have all night shut-ins and praise God for what he's going to do. And God's going to give us the finance. And God's going to give us the building fund money. And God's going to give us this. And, and then when God do it, wait a minute, you mean tell me I got to screw up the flow? <laughs> what do you mean I got to screw up the flow? You mean to tell me I got to go in here and get on my knees and, and mess up my good cone? I got cones on my feet. What you talking about? God don't want me down there scrubbing that. So you don't understand. I've been scrubbing the flow for the mass of 30 some years. I ain't getting down there scrub my my scrub my flow scrubbing days is over. Oh Lord Jesus, help us, help us, God. I'm talking to the preachers that had to build churches. They understand. It's hard to move black folks. And he moved to Moses then. And he got out in the wilderness and they had a little situation where they had to fight off a a group of people, and the problem was that the power of God only rested in Moses. And so Moses had to sit there on the hill with his arms upfolded. And then when his arms started to drop, they would begin to lose the wall because God's power was in Moses. So Aaron and a few other of the, the adjutants, the first assistant presiding bishop and the few adjutants, had to go up on the mountain and hold up Moses' arms so that, the, and in despite that, despite Moses being tired, despite Moses being beat up, despite Moses being weak, they found a way to win because God was there. Hitherto has the Lord helped you. We go on down and we get into Joshua. And Joshua finds himself in a similar situation. Unlike Moses, Joshua is up against the atmosphere. He's up against the time. 
of the day. All Moses had to do was find somebody to hold his arms up, but Joshua could not hold up his arms. Joshua had to stop the sun. Joshua spoke to the sun because it was going down. He realized that he did not have the capability to fight in the dark. So he said, Lord, just let the sun stand still. And the sun did not move. Am I reading the same Bible y'all read? Amen. Amen. Thank you, And the sun stood still until Joshua could finish the battle. Then we move on down, if we can, into Brother Samuel. That's where I want to go. Because Samuel not only speaks and uses his words here as a glorified testimony service, but his words also can be transcended down to his seed and his seed seed. We can use this term to go even beyond Samuel's life because Samuel knows. He understands the greatest warrior to ever live is same with the greatest psalmist was Brother David. But Samuel remember when David was just a nobody in the field. His own pappy didn't feel like he was worth nothing. Samuel went to the house, you know the story, and he got there and he asked. He said, I've come here to anoint the king. And he said, well, I got these boys here. Let me see which one it is. And and Jesse, old man Jesse, may I take a journey? You don't mind if I take a journey. I just feel like taking a journey today. Old man, I thank you for approving it, thank you, by the way. Jesse brought in all of his cheering. And he brought in all the good boys, the ones that was definitely, he brought in, can I break it down like I want to, he brought in the high school football player, the the, the star quarterback. He brought in Dak Prescott. He he brought in his other son, Ezekiel Elliott. And then he got old uh, D.C. C.D. Lamb over there. He brought in the top lineup of the team Uh and presented them to Brother Samuel. The problem was when he brought in the star lineup and everybody thought that that was going to be the one. It was amongst these boys that the game was going to get done. Get it, cowboys, boys, you get it? Okay, cool. He came to, he said, well, this is where it's going to be. But the problem was when he got ready to do the piece of business, uh, nothing happened. And Samuel looked up and he said, well, um, I know I was told to come here. I know I'm not crazy. God called me to this house. I, I know God's voice because, you see, I had this experience with God. I was laying on my cot one night when I was a little teeny boy because, you know, my mama, she had this prayer. She was barren, you see, Samuel's talking here. And he says, uh, uh, she asked God, she said, I want a baby. I need a baby because my mama was depressed too. She was feeling some type of way as well. She was the second wife of her, my daddy, but her other, her other wife, or should I say his other wife, Penelope, was popping out babies like he was a rent check dude. Uh-huh. You know how that is. Some folks just, they, you know, I ain't going to leave that alone. But Penelope was getting all these babies, and, and but, 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 but Hannah was the one. That was his girl. He almost didn't want Penelope. He wanted Hannah. But Hannah was getting some type of, she was feeling it. Because Penelope also knew that no matter how many babies she popped out, her husband won't go careful. Uh-huh. 
You know some people you talk to, they feel like if they poke a hole in the condom and trip them up a little bit, then get them strapped up. And if I just get a baby out of him, he's going to be somewhere. He leaves faster when he figure out he's pregnant. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll leave that alone. And so uh, I was going to leave it just in case somebody wanted to catch it, but he said, okay, I'll move on. So Anna, as Samuel was saying, he knows about this because Hannah prayed. He said, God, if you give me a son, I give it back to you. So Samuel had an experience with the voice of God. As I said, he was laying on his cot one day, and he heard Samuel. He heard his name. Somebody called his name. He got up and went to Eli and said, Eli, did you call me? Samuel, uh, Eli said, I didn't call you. He said, you did call me because somebody called my name. It was a clear voice. I heard it. it was a nice, deep voice. I understood. My name, I know who I is. And he got up. said, go back to bed. So he went back to bed and when he got back to bed, he heard his name called again. And then he came out and he said, Eli, did you call me? No, I didn't call you. Then he found out, long story short, so I can move on, that God had called him. So Samuel knew the voice of God, so he got there to Jesus. And he says, I know God's voice. I've been here before. I'm no amateur, as they say in the streets. I'm not new to the game. I'm key to it. So somewhere in this house is a boy that I need to tend to. Jesse said, well, I don't have no other boy. He said, you lie. You do got another boy. He's somewhere. Oh, there's one in the field. That's a boy, ain't it? Bring him in here. And he got in there. David came in there. And that's where you get in the 23rd installment of Psalms, round about the fourth verse, my cup runneth over. Because the oil that was designed to anoint the new king, it couldn't stop tilting. It had favor on David. David was the back sheep. He was the boy out there that was just doing poetry. He was considered the outcast, the school nerd, if you will. But that school nerd went up and took out a bear. That school nerd went up and took out a lion. That school nerd was lions and tigers and bears, oh, my, was that school nerd. And then not only that, but he went out to feed or take the the lunch cart. He was the Uber Eats deliverer of his day. Went out there and took the food down to the boys where they were fighting and found out they was having a little trouble with some Philistines. And David said, look at here, um, um, y'all just take my car and move it over there in the corner because I, 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 that's least. I don't want to get a scratch on it. And so uh, you put it put it far back because if you fall, he ain't going to mess up my grill. I'm telling you, I, I ain't got time to pay the, 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 uh, the, the price, the restocking fee. So he moved his car, proverbially, just walk with me for a second. And David picked up, uh, as Reverend Jesse Jackson would say, five guard biscuits. And he threw one of them and hit old Philistine right between his beady little eyes. Here's a two. Has the Lord. All this is being discussed in testimony, sir. Then even David had his little issues. He found himself entangled with a piece of uh, uh, hallelujah, bless God. Went and got some other man's wife and then sent him out on the battlefield and got him killed. It was a whole piece of business with that. And even after that, he still had the favor of God. He might have messed up and God 
still punished him, but God still loved David. All this is discussed in testimony service. And then you got that great piece of business that happened with David when the Ark of the Covenant had uh, had some challenges. It got lost up down there at Obed-Edom's house. And they went down to get that Ark from Obed-Edom's house, and they finally brought it back to Jerusalem where it belonged, and David went from a from a Episcopalian down to a Presbyterian down to a Pentecostal when he starts shouting and dancing and, and throwing off his clothes and looking all crazy. And his wife in the house, who was uh, a Presbyterian deacon, uh, looked out there because she had her DDs and DIVs and MDAs and BBDs. And she looked and she said, I can't believe you out there. Don't you know persons of our standards do not act like that? And he looked at her and said, woman, when you have had a hitherto moment, uh-huh, you come back and talk to me. Because when you've had that hitherto moment, you will realize that this is appropriate. You will realize that this is significant. And if you never realize it, I'm going to tell you right now, let me just go ahead and put out a spoiler, a warning, if you will. The next time I have a hitherto moment, I might have looked bad to you, but I'm going to look bad to myself. All of this Samuel is discussing that to this point, God has blessed us. To this point, he has taken us from the cotton fields. To this point, he's taken us from holes in our shoes and taken the cardboard and put in to make soles because the soles had come out the shoes and we couldn't afford another pair, so we was trying to stretch those out a little bit longer. He has taken us to the fact that we put two, three pairs of socks on just to make sure that the cardboard and the socks would protect our feet from the elements. God has mm-hmm. protected us. Took us from not being able to get loans, not being able to get mortgages, to being able to not only get loans and mortgages, but some of us are living in houses we didn't pay for 15 times over. God has blessed hitherto. Has the Lord blessed us? And then, as I move on, because I got to go. I understand now yesterday why the preacher couldn't get to this part because there's a whole lot of meat there. We move past the hitherto to this point. It's almost as if we're looking in the rearview mirror. Sometimes you take the time and look. You know, there was an old song we used to sing back in the church. They used to say, roll back the curtains of memories now and then. Lord, show us. What you brought us from and where I could have been. Sometimes when you think about what you could have been through, you think about what could have happened if that gun had went off. If when you got so mad at your husband, it's almost glad that you struck out in that baseball with that frying pan. Because, Lord, what would have happened if that pan, that iron skillet had connected with his soul? It would have been worse than Babe Ruth hitting a home runner out the park. His skull would end up in Texas, and you would have been in jail here in Norfolk. And you glad that you missed. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. You glad, you glad that when you pick up that plate through it like a Frisbee, old crazy head was able to duck. You're mad then it ducked. You wish you had it connected right between his 
right under his neck and just suck it. But you're glad because you got them cheering. You see them no good brats that you still dealing with. Wish you had connected with them with their daddy. But you're glad that you're not in jail. Show us where you brought us from. Now, hitherto have the Lord kept us. Then we transition. We move on into the New Testament. It's the transition point between the old and the new. It's the transition point from testimony to purpose, from where I have been and where I am going. Because not only do you spend time dealing and understanding and reminding yourself of the past, that helps to encourage, that helps to strengthen, that helps to motivate, but now you have to prepare for the future. Where am I going despite my situations? Oh, I'm feeling myself right now because I look at the world in which I live, and, and yes, we talked about it, I hear the two portion of our time together, that we have been delivered from the cotton fields. We have been delivered from Jim Crow laws. We have been delivered from holes in our shoes and not being able to attend doctors. As a matter of fact, we were three-fourths of a person, and they decided that if something was wrong with us, we went to the same place that the dogs went. If they could put us in the kennel with the dogs, they would. But now that we've been delivered, it seems as though we are heading right back where we came from. Every time you turn on your TV, some of you saw what happened on your TV screen a couple of days ago. You saw over there in Kenosha when the brother got off for killing the people, and it made you feel some type of way. It reminded some of you of where you've been. It brought up. It was that proverbial scratch until my head bleed, pump until my blood pressure goes high moment. And God had to calm you right on down. He had to push you right on down. And then then he went from a hitherto moment to a henceforth moment. Ah, uh, hitherto is still present. Henceforth is beyond because even though the world is crazy, even though the world is full with racism, even though there's a possibility that there's a person, I read an email last night that uh, spoke of how if Kevin McCarthy becomes of the Speaker of the House, what he was going to do to every person that put up or uh, uh, fought up against Republicans. He has made a decree that he is going to go out on a revenge campaign. That's something to get your blood pressure high. But you got to calm your nerves and know henceforth, even if they get in power, even if he pulls off his, this world is not my home. I'm just a stranger passing through. Brother Paul had a conversation. He, he discussed it, did he? He took a moment to let the people know that I've had my hitherto moment. Me and Brother Samuel had a conversation. I'm just talking about the Bible here. I hope it's helping you with your therapy. It's helping with mine. He said, I had a conversation with Brother Samuel, and we sat down over a nice cup of wine because, you know, they say it's good for the stomach's sake. I told my Timothy that. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Get your little glass every now and again. Just don't get drunk now because that'll mess you up. 
And if you're going to get drunk, don't get crazy drunk, because that's what I'm really scared of. But we'll move on from that. But I sat down and I talked to him, and, and we had our hitherto moment. Samuel began to tell me all the things that, that uh, we just mentioned here in our time together. But I began to tell Brother Samuel about the things I've been through, how I was once a persecutor of the Christians, and I was on my way to kill uh, the Christians as they had scattered. After the stoning of Stephen, where I had got some intelligence that there were some peoples hiding out in some spaces, and I was on my way to get them. And as I was en route, I was knocked off my beast. I was made blind for about two, three days, and then I found myself being at the mercy of a preacher named Antonius. Antonius came over and laid his hands upon me in the scales like fish scales fell off my eyes, and I began to understand that I have been designed to preach the gospel, and I need to let you know some things that I, I went through because of my sins. I know nobody gets away scot-free. There is a receipt, as they would say in the combat sports business. If you smack somebody inappropriately, uh, nobody goes out of the ring or comes out. They don't cuss. They don't fight at you. They don't do anything like that. They're very professional when they get in the streets. They're very gentleman-like or gentlewoman-like. But when they get back in the ring, the next time that they can get into a position, they're going to give a receipt. You smacked me six months ago, so I want you to know that this thing that you just got is a receipt. There's a cause and effect. They're sowing and reaping. And he told him, he said, I, I've been through my things. And all I want to do is like someone to call. But I spent my time, I spent my time trying to preach the gospel, trying to get folks into the kingdom. And even through that, I found myself in jail one or two times. Even through that, I found myself shipwrecked. I got bit by a little snake. And I, you remember when I got bit by that snake and everybody was looking at me because of the paws of the snake. And as soon as the snake bites, you're supposed to go into your veins. But I was able to shake it off into the fire and go about my life like nothing ever happened. I've had my hitherto moments. But you see, now I'm at a different part in my life. The venom that could have come out the snake is not going, the, the protection from that venom is not going to help me anymore. That's what I was telling you. There is nobody to come pull me out of jail. You can't pray me away from this situation. I, I find myself at a crossroads. I find myself at my resting spot. And now I have to go from henceforth, or excuse me, from hitherto to henceforth. I have to look beyond my circumstances. This is where you don't get depressed. This is where therapy comes in. Because you realize that even though I'm in this situation, there is, as the old folk would say, a bright side somewhere. There is a bright side somewhere. And then they say something. They say something very simple. They say, don't you rest until you find it. Because there's a bright side Somewhere Paul had an opportunity to discuss 
He had an opportunity to focus. He had an opportunity to think about it. He he looked at it and he analyzed it and he began to feel good about himself. He began to feel better. It was almost as if he had his therapeutic moment. He had laid on the couch and even though he was facing death, Paul was, he says, I got a deep sensation down within me. I have a joy, unspeakable joy. He said, why? He said, because I have a henceforth moment. And henceforth moment is something that is very unique, very rare, very, very hard to grasp. Psychologists can't understand it. Science can't explain it. Educators can't grade it. Sociologists can't read it. And atheists got a problem with it. They can't even argue it. It's henceforth, this point that happens after how you can go to a Christian funeral and folk are shot around the church with excitement because they know that on the other side, it's like a man who walked and got off the bus. He rode the bus. He looked very modern, almost borderline to bottom poverty. And every day he would get off the bus at the stop near the graveyard. And he'd walk through the graveyard. There was this gentleman on the bus, you might have heard this story before, who was watching, got on the bus almost like a pesky reporter or a paparazzi person, if you will. And he got on the bus and he asked a question, one day he got sick and tired, so he went up and asked the conductor. He said, excuse me, sir, I don't mean to pry. Yeah, you did, but whatever. I, I'm just curious. He said, yeah. He said, I saw you every day, you the bus conductor. You'll open the bus for that gentleman, and you will smile. He will smile, and you would sit here and watch him as he goes into the darkness. And you would just smile and shake your head and close the door and keep on moving. I don't understand two things. The first thing I don't understand is, A, why are you smiling? Why every time he gets off this bus, you look over there and you have this, this sense of joy. You have this sense of peace. I don't understand why it looks as though you are happy. And then the second piece of business I don't understand is how come... Every time this man gets off this bus, he rides into the graveyard. What is in the graveyard? Ain't nothing out there but death. He said, well, my good sir, that's where you're wrong. Yes, the graveyard is full of death, but it's also the richest land in planet Earth. Out there, dreams that have never been dreamt, songs that have never been sung, pieces that have never been played, books that have never been written, sermons that have never been preached, lessons that have never been taught. There's a lot of things in the graveyard, but that's not the significant part of this piece of business. No. The piece of business is that there's only one road. Something happened one day, and it cut off the access point. The city came through and did some business, and they got a little bit upset with him, and so they blocked him in, my friend there. 
And so there is no road. He's got a Lexus back there, but he can't really drive it. He's got a Mercedes back there. He can't really drive it because they blocked off the road. And so the only way to get to the mansion he's got over there is he's got to go through the graveyard. Henceforth, I go to prepare a place for you. But in order for me to prepare that place, it's on the other side. I didn't come here to preach a funeral. I came here to talk about henceforth. Henceforth meaning how good life will be even if the written houses of the world keep getting off. Even if the Kevin McCarthy's get into power. Even if every QAnon and Racist Jim Crow Jr. gets back in the position, even if black folks are seemingly stripped of their voting rights, even if we never get health care. His force on the other side, and not only on the other side, he said that he will take care of his children. God will be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will take care of you beneath his wings of love. Abide. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. Through every day, all along the way, he will take care of you. And just in case you got lost in that song and forgot who I was talking about, it comes back to remind you, God will take care. Of you, my dear grandmother. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God will take care of you. Hallelujah. Help us always to remember God will. Most gracious and all-wise Father, we just thank you this morning. We praise you. We magnify your name. We love you, Lord God, because of who you are. And because, God, you take care of us. You never forsake us. You never leave us. But you're always there to make a way. Help us to remember where we come from. Help us remember that you brought us to this present time. Help us always to give you honor, praises, and glory for what you have done for us. And what you're going to do for us, God, we just thank you. We praise you. God, help us to remember this word that has come forth. You have sent us a glorious word this morning that we can anchor ourselves in you. No matter where we've been, no matter how hard it was, you was always there for us. And we thank you this morning. We just thank you, God. We praise you. We magnify your name. We love you, God. We just say thank you. Oh, God, you say in all things, give me thanks. In all things, be not dismayed nor despair. Fear not, because I am with you. I praise you. I love you. I magnify you in holy and righteous name. And, God, 
in this day. Help us to go for praising and magnifying your name. Glorify you for what you have done, what you're doing, and what you're going to do. We just say thank you. We love you. We love you, dear God. And we praise your holy and righteous name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for all things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord.